Hello and welcome to another edition of the Power Sweep Podcast presented by North Coast Sports. Antonio Castro alongside Chris Van Dyne uh, with you each and every week during the college football season. Before we get into this week's plays, just want to touch on a couple of specials that we got going on this weekend. Uh, Very excited about this weekend being our NFL Game of the Month going this weekend. And just just to let you know, that NFL top play that we release each and every Sunday, the last two seasons, is on a 68% run, 13-6-1. Last year's game of the month in September was on New England over Miami, easy 38-7 win. They were only laying 6.5. So, again, really want to get you on board for this weekend, our September NFL game of the month going Again, those NFL top plays, 13-6-1, 68% the last two years. Also want to let you know, uh, our, our college star totals are on fire. Again, we won our top play again last weekend. Uh, college totals now 11-4 and four on the year, 73%. Top college total is 3-1 and one, uh, this season. And if you want to go back uh, the last three years, our top college late phone total is on an 81% run. It's 25-6. and six. That is incredible. We really want you to make some money uh, on the weekends. Really want you to take advantage of our college uh, totals because we do a superb job, if I could pat myself ourselves on the back, uh, talking about those totals. So really want to get you on board there. You can get all of our star-rated plays, including that NFL Game of the Month, for as low as $179. That's only $179. You'll get all of our star-rated plays this weekend. Uh, go ahead and call our office. We'll let you know how you can get that special for 179 uh 3-4 or uh, excuse me 1-800-654-3448 is the telephone number or you can go uh, online ncsports.com you can purchase any of uh those packages there as well uh, before we get started uh just want to update you uh, on our uh, five-star, we had our special September five-star for all of our customers, obviously, last week. Very disappointed in the outcome there. We are running a special. If you have, if you got the five-star, you have your five-star number, go ahead and give it a call. There is an extra special for you guys out there. Really appreciate you, Power Sweep subscribers. And, uh, again, if you haven't jumped on board for next season's Power Sweep yet, we still are running a special there. Get it now before it goes up. It's only $69 for the email version on that. Still continuing on that special price so you don't uh, wait until next year at this time you'll be paying $109 so really take advantage of that if you're gonna subscribe to Power Soup you might as well go ahead and jump on board for the special that we have going on right now at just $69 all right Chris without further ado let's jump in to this week's action got a good slate of games we picked out six games uh, to go over with you guys out there listening this week starting off on the east coast we're gonna look at some ACC action Clemson at North Carolina then going down south, going to look at the Mississippi State versus Auburn game. Going to the Midwest, Northwestern at Wisconsin. Then we're going to the state of Texas, going to check out the Iowa State-Baylor game, let you know our thoughts on that one. Then finally we'll go out west and touch on the UCLA and Arizona game. And then, uh, like we always do, we'll give away one of our uh, special two stars in the power sweep this week. Uh, we'll let you know what that is when we get to it. But one of those two uh, two stars that we have in power sweep, uh, we'll, we'll let you know that uh, for our last game uh, that we talk about 
this evening. All right, Chris. Well, starting off, Clemson, North Carolina, obviously Clemson, defending national champions, starting off just like they ended last year, 4-0, 3-1 against the spread. North Carolina with with Mac Brown as their coach, 2-2 two two straight up, 2-2 two two against the spread. This line opened up Clemson laying 25-and-a-half. It's all the way up to 27, so early money coming in on the Tigers. Really no surprise there the way that Clemson has been playing lately. Uh, you know, they've yet to be challenged. They've got a buy on deck. So when I look at this game, Chris – I'm thinking North Carolina coming off back-to-back games of losses. Clemson has the bye on deck. Uh, maybe they're going to be looking to take a little bit of a break early in this one. The host has won five games in a row in this series. Uh, they've covered four straight. I don't think North Carolina is going to win this game straight up, but I do like the fact that the host has covered four straight games uh, in this series. Tar Heels, they've already been a double-digit dog once this year. They pulled the outright upset early on in the season. And I just don't see Dabo Sweeney uh, running up the score on a guy like Mac Brown. So I'm going to take the points here, and I'm going to call for Carolina to stay within that 27-point line. You're the ACC expert, though. What do you think? Well, Clemson has shown they, they don't like to run the score up, but somehow they managed to keep covering these games. Last week, Clemson played 111 different players an FBS record against Charlotte. 111 different players played in that game. By the second quarter, Trevor Lawrence was out of the game. Uh, and Dabo Swinney said we could have scored 100 points on him, but we don't believe in embarrassing anybody. And, again, I, I don't think he'll do that to North Carolina, but you have to tread lightly because they, they can cover like they did last week without even trying. Um, they, they've held their last three opponents to their lowest total yards of the season. Uh, North Carolina's defense has been surprisingly effective. They're allowing 395 yards per game, but they held three of their four opponents to season lows. Sam Howe has been actually been better statistically than Trevor Lawrence so far. I don't expect that to continue, but he has a better completion percentage, more touchdowns, less interceptions than Lawrence. Um, Clemson won't mess around in this game. They'll get up big early. There's a lot of backdoor potential here for a Mac Brown coach team. One thing that does scare me with North Carolina, um, their left tackle, Charlie Heck, an NFL caliber left tackle, probably will go in the first couple rounds next year. He is questionable. Their backup quarterback, who is actually their third string coming into the year, Jace Reuter, uh, he is questionable. Their backup transferred uh, after he lost the job. Their fourth-string quarterback's a walk-on. So if they take Sam Howell out because they're down big, now you're down to a walk-on quarterback if that backup quarterback can't go. Their safety's questionable. Uh, they have an offensive lineman out, their, their center, Nick Paulino, and their uh, starting cornerback, Patrice Rene, was hurt a few weeks ago. He's out for the year. So there's some injury issues. I'd tread lightly on this one because I, I – I'm scared that North Carolina also might pull back if they're getting beat real bad and they don't want to leave Sam Howell with him being possibly the only quarterback they have right now out to dry. So I, I like North Carolina to to pull out a cover. They're they're good as home dogs. They've they've proven they can they can cover against uh as a dog this year, but I I, I wouldn't put a lot of faith into this one because of those injury issues. All right, there you have it from the ACC expert, Chris Van Dyne. Let's move along to the SEC now, uh, a game that uh, is, is, is should be a good one. Mississippi State at Auburn. Mississippi State is 3-1 and one on the season, 2-2 two and two against the spread. Auburn perfect 4-0 oh, both straight up. 
and against the spread. This line, Chris, opened up at 10.5. It's exactly the same at 10.5 in our power sweep. We have it at 10. I mean, right there at the line. I mean, we were. it was tough. This was a tough game to pick, to choose a side on. And uh, when I was looking at this in, to, in further detail, Chris, the thing that uh, I noticed was the fact that, you know, Mississippi State, they're, they can run the ball. They're averaging 228 yards a game, 5.5 yards a carry. But Auburn, they can stop the run. They're only allowing 90 rushing yards a game, allowing only 3.1 yards per carry. On the flip side, Auburn, they can also run the ball. They're, they're averaging 260 yards a game, 5.4 yards a pop. And Mississippi State, a little bit not as good at stopping the run, allowing 144 yards per game, 4.5 yards a pop there. So I, I like Auburn in the trenches here. Uh, the other thing that I looked at, Chris, when I was looking at this was – uh, who who they've played? Auburn, they've already played Oregon and Texas A&M, both away from home. Uh, Mississippi State, they're two toughest opponents. Kansas State and Kentucky, they played both of those teams at home. Now they're traveling to Jordan-Hare. So that, that to me, favors Auburn. And then finally, the last thing I saw was uh, Auburn, they're playing with revenge in this game. They got, they've got revenge on their minds, and they're at home. I mean, all those factors have me leaning with Auburn, but I mean, again, we're right on this number. I mean, I, I don't know who to pick. I guess if I had a gun to my head, I would go with Auburn, but I'll I'll leave that to you. I, I'll let you decide who to take on this one. I know we had Auburn last week on the five stars, well, so that and, and and you can go into further detail on that. I mean, allowing less than three hundred yards is was really really deceiving in that loss. Well, I, I'll tell you what, and we'll get into the five star, but I, um, th- th- this is a very talented Auburn team. We went against them last week. Unfortunately, that didn't work out. And as far as that five-star goes, if, if you didn't know, we put the five-star out last week on Texas A&M, uh, minus three-and-a-half at home against Auburn. We felt like Auburn had a freshman quarterback playing playing his first true road start, first SEC start. It was a good spot for A&M. Uh, it, we were fully aware of Auburn's defensive line and their capabilities. We felt like A&M had the better quarterback at home, uh, very experienced team, improving secondary. So that, that led us to feel that AM was at least a touchdown better. It did not work out like that. But when you look at statistically, Auburn didn't really play that well offensively. They did enough to win the game. They got a lead, and they, they held on to it. But they only put up 299 yards. Bo Nix has been more of a game manager than anything so far this year. But the the catalyst for Auburn, like you mentioned, is that run D, man. Derek Brown, Marlon Davidson, they've won three of the last four SEC defensive linemen of the week between those two. Derek Brown's going to be a first-round pick. He's, he, he was a little banged up going into last week. He played. He's questionable this week. I have no doubt that guy's going to play, and he, he's a scary guy. And he absolutely ate A&M's offensive lineup. And, uh, Mississippi State counters with the top running back in the SEC. So this is an awesome matchup from that standpoint. Kylan Hill has been fantastic for Mississippi State. He's already rushed for 100 yards in each of his first four games. First running back in Mississippi State to do to run for 100 uh, in four straight since Anthony Dixon in 2009 and the first to do it in the first four games of the season since 1979. So he, he's been on fire and it's going to be a good battle between that uh, that defensive line against Kylan Hill and the Mississippi State run game. 
Uh, Mississippi State's quarterback situation, kind of a question mark right now. Garrett Schrader played last week. Uh, he's the true freshman. He didn't. He's yet to throw a TD pass, but he did rush for over 100 yards last week, and he's the more mobile of the two quarterbacks, and he might give Mississippi State the better chance. Tommy Stevens is a much better passer, not as good a runner as Schrader. Uh, as far as uh, Mississippi State's defense, not nearly as good as last year. They're only allowing 263 yards per. They only allowed 263 yards per game last year, but they lost uh, most of that defensive line. They're giving up 358, and they haven't even faced any good teams yet. But they have held three of the four opponents to their season low yardage this year. Um, holding opponents to 143 yards per game below their average right now. So impressive in that regard on Mississippi State's defense's part. Um, the, the one thing that I, I, that kind of makes me feel like Mississippi State has a chance in this one is last year in that battle, which you mentioned that Auburn's out for revenge, Mississippi State was actually able to run for 349 yards and 6.1 yards per carry. The reason they were able to do that was not so much Kylan Hill. He had 120 yards. And that that helped, but it was Nick Fitzgerald that was the catalyst for Mississippi State to run the ball. A mobile quarterback that can run the ball against Auburn could be the thing that could give Mississippi State a chance. That's why I think if Schrader plays, they might have a chance to stick around a little bit more because they'll have that mobile quarterback, and that'll free things up for uh, for Kylan Hill a little more. Auburn uh, A and M didn't have that with Kellen Mond. He's not really a running quarterback. He can run a little bit, but not like a Garrett Schrader. He, you know, he picked up uh, over 100 yards last week rushing. Uh, I do think that if if I had to pick, I, I'd probably keep it right around that line. I, I lean Mississippi State a little bit, but I I'd really actually like to see Schrader start this week and not Stevens because I think the running ability of Schrader can keep them in the game a little bit more. Stevens, of course, that uh, transfer from Penn State who. They said Franklin and Joe and and Mississippi State's coach Moore had said that was the best backup in college football whenever he was there. So very interesting to note there. All right, moving along uh, to the Midwest now. Northwestern at Wisconsin, and I know you look at this game on paper and you say, "Oh, Northwestern, man, they're terrible." We're one and two straight up. They have yet to cover the spread so far this year. Whereas Wisconsin just running rough shot over everybody, three and zero straight up, three and zero against the spread. Got the huge win over Michigan last week, and you look and you say, oh, this game shouldn't even be a contest. Uh, you know, everyone is in love with Wisconsin right now, especially after that performance last week. Everyone is dogging Northwestern right now, uh, you know, rightfully so. But remember, we talked about it last week. We talked about Northwestern's struggles early on in the season, and we pointed out why you go against Northwestern early in, in that Michigan State matchup, and it worked out perfectly. Well, Three games in, Northwestern, they'll start to play better. They've shown it. They've been consistent with it the last few years. We talked about their struggles early last week. I'll talk about their uh, their their improvements now based on those struggles. I mean, last year, after losing to Akron, they came back their next game. They only lost to Michigan by three as a 15-and-a-half-point dog two years ago after losing at Duke by 24 in their next road game at Wisconsin, similar to this season, 
They only lost by nine as a 15-and-a-half-point dog three years ago. After losing to both Western Michigan and an FCS team in Illinois State, they went to Iowa on the road, road opener. They won outright as a 12-and-a-half-point dog. Now, they're 23, they are They started off as a 23-point dog now. Everybody's in love with Wisconsin. It lines up to 24-and-a-half. I don't expect Northwestern to win this game. They have no business to stay close based on how both teams have played. However, history often repeats itself. Fitzgerald is great as a dog. Wisconsin off that emotional win. I'll take Northwestern plus the points. History is pointing for that Northwestern is going to cover this game, and I really do think Northwestern will cover this game, Chris. Well, I got to admit, playing against Wisconsin right now kind of makes me sweat because we have not done well doing that. You know, we, we've gone against Wisconsin each of the first three weeks, and it's given it's given us some headaches, frankly. Um, their offense has put up the most yards all three of their opponents have allowed. Their defense has held all three opponents to their season low total yards. Um, Northwestern's defense, it, they're capable. They're only allowing 21 points per game. And they did beat Wisconsin by 14 at home last year. I do think there's a line correction on Wisconsin right now you see in Vegas where you're getting a lot of value in a dog because Northwestern has absolutely crushed everybody. But we also know that Wisconsin's not really a team traditionally that does that. They, they've gotten off to a really fast start and a really hot start, but – Laying 23 points with Wisconsin in a in a Big Ten conference game just doesn't sit right with me. And for all the reasons you mentioned, and Pat Fitzgerald's uh, expertise as an underdog and getting his guys motivated, feeling like they don't have a chance, I, I've got to go with the dog here. I just I can't lay 23 points on Wisconsin in, in a Big Ten game like that. Yeah, they always start off slow. Now you're getting in. You're about a month into the season. Northwestern's gonna gonna show that improvement like they do each and every year under Larry under uh, Pat Fitzgerald. There. All right. Now moving along to the great state of Texas, got a Big Twelve matchup: Iowa State at Baylor. Iowa State is two and one straight up, and against the spread. Baylor three and zero straight up, only one and two against the spread. This line opened up uh at Iowa State that we had minus two and a half now it's up to three so Iowa State laying a field goal on the road at Baylor uh but you know what I like Baylor's role here uh Chris you know they they didn't look very good last week they were off that closer than expected contest versus Rice had a tough game coach rule said afterwards that this is the type of game that the bears needed he really liked this type of game for them because they had those back-to-back blowout wins to begin the season got tested well they were up early they were up 21 to 3 at the half last week and kind of mailed it in the second half had to hang in there but he liked that adversity that they showed and they he thinks that that'll help them uh, for the big 12 schedule specifically this game iowa state they're off a 52-point blowout over ULM. Did not see that coming. Most yards they've ever had in school history. Brock Purdy is a tremendous quarterback, but wow, what a performance they had last week. And I think Baylor matches up well with Iowa State. Last year they lost, yeah, but they did finish with 169 yard edge in this game. And Baylor was stopped on down twice in the red zone. Also missed a pair of field goals in that game. So much closer than that final score indicated. Again, I like the way Baylor matches up with Iowa State. I don't know necessarily that they'll win and pull off the outright upset, but the fact that they're at home, they're getting a field goal. I see this game going right down to the wire, Chris, and I'll take the points with Baylor. 
Yeah, I've got to say, this is probably one of the better underrated quarterback matchups you're going to find. You don't hear a lot of people talking about Charlie Brewer and Brock Purdy, but these guys are putting up some great numbers. Purdy, 74% with a 6-to-1 ratio. Brewer, 72%, 7-to-0 ratio. I mean, if you put those two together, you'd be really be talking about a Heisman contender, both guys completing over 70%. I'm a little worried that Baylor's feasted on some bad competition in their first three games. They were they they came out, played well in the first half against Rice last week, and then, you know, Matt Rule even admitted they probably needed that game in the second half because it, it got closer than it really should have just because I think Baylor took the, uh, took the foot off the gas in the second half. They are holding uh, three bad foes to 252 yards per game, so at least against bad competition. They're playing good defense. Um, with the solid defense, Iowa State's a little more experienced, but it is the Cyclones' first road game, and I, I feel like Baylor is the home underdog. I really like the job Matt Rule's done, like both coaches, but I'll take the dog at home in this case. Um, I, I've got to go with Baylor. All right, moving along now. Going quickly uh, this this afternoon for this podcast here, the North Coast Sports Podcast presented by uh, or the Power Sweep podcast presented by North Coast Sports. Excuse me. Let's go to the West. Pac-12 action. UCLA at Arizona. UCLA 1-3 straight up and against the spread. Wow. Arizona 2-1 straight up, 1-2 against the spread. And I say wow because, I mean, UCLA, man, oh, man. Who would have seen that coming that they would be even have a victory, not only in the win-loss column, but even against the spread. They were down 32 points with late third quarter came back an unbelievable finish there in that game last week over uh, when you, with UCLA beating Wazoo. Both defenses are struggling, I mean, to say the least. Arizona has one of the best offenses in the nation, though. They're averaging 586 yards per game, so I do like Arizona's offense against UCLA's defense more than UCLA's offense against Arizona's defense. UCLA, they exerted a ton of energy huge emotional win in that 32-point comeback last week. Now they traveled at Wazoo last week. Now they got to go to Arizona, back-to-back away games. That, that on top of that energy that they exerted last week with that emotion, I think is going to start to take a toll. Arizona, good situation. They're fresh off a bye. The home team in this series series has covered seven of the last ten. So, again, this is really a home-dominated series between these two uh, teams. UCLA, I look at it like this. They're one and three. They've played 19 minutes of good football. They lost to Cincinnati by 10. They lost to Oklahoma by 34. They lost to San Diego State by nine. And now Arizona is laying less than a touchdown. I don't think so. I'll take Arizona minus the six and a half. Uh, UCLA, they're not going to get it done. Well, I I still don't know what to think about that game last week. I was on my way back from my 20-year class reunion. uh, What up to class of 99, Steubenville High School. But uh, I I was on my way back. I looked at my phone one minute. It was 49-17. And next thing I know, I looked at my phone, uh, felt like 10 minutes later, and Washington State was losing the game. And I'm like, how the heck did that happen? And Washington State's quarterback threw for nine touchdown passes, somehow lose the game. That had to be one of the craziest games. I did not get to watch it. I kind of regret that. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm on board with you. How, how can you have any faith in UCLA just for basically not even a quarter and a half of good football after laying about 
uh, what, tw- 14 and a half quarters of bad football. I know, you know, Chip Kelly used to be the offensive guru. Everyone, uh, everyone thought it, it hasn't looked like it yet at UCLA. He's had trouble recruiting there. Uh, on, the, on the flip side, Arizona, after losing their home openers, looked great the, uh, the last two weeks. I was all on board with them against Texas Tech. We had a big conversation about that game. I really liked Arizona in that one. And Khalil Tate's looking like the 2017 version of Khalil Tate, not so much the, the injured, hobbled one last year. Uh, he's a running quarterback. He needs to be able to run the ball like he did in 17 when he had 1,411 rushing yards. This year he's leading the team uh, with 232 rushing yards, 7.3 yards per carry. He's more accurate as a passer this year too, 63%. So he's improving as a passer and getting his running ability back. Um, Zona's defense has been vulnerable, but up until the late third quarter in that game last week, UCLA hadn't shown a thing on offense. And whatever happened, happened. I know Mike Leach attributed it a lot to a lot of bad tackling and basically his guys just kind of thinking it was over and expecting UCLA just to lay down. Um, Bruins defense has given up over 600 in each of the last two. I expect Khalil Tate to have a big game in this one, a la 2017 was he, when he was putting up video game numbers. Uh, he's a guy that if you had the old NCAA 2014 game, you'd love to play with him because he you just run all over the field with him. Um, Bruins are one week wonders, and Kevin Sumlin does well at home. He, they're six and three against the spread since he's been there at home. So I'll take the Cats in the desert, given the points, because I, I don't think UCLA has much to to play with in the second week second week in a row. People are really jumping on that Chip Kelly train too, Chris, because this line opened up at seven and a half, and then it's it's dropped to six and a half. So you got to lay even less now. So it makes me like it even more. Okay, moving along now to our special two star play in the Power Sweep. Uh, right out of the uh, the Power Sweep newsletter, one of our special two stars. We're gonna look at uh, non conference games, Cincinnati against Marshall. Both teams coming fresh off a bye. Both teams have identical two and one straight up records. However, Cincinnati is two and one also against the spread, while Marshall is one and two against the spread. And this game. Chris, to me, it's going to come down to the the trenches, uh, battle of the trenches. I know that's you know easy to say, but Cincinnati. I mean, when you look at it, they have the better offensive line and they have the better defensive line in this game. So I really like their matchup there uh, against Marshall. Cincinnati. When you look at the strength of schedule, they've already played two Power Five opponents in UCLA and Ohio State. Marshall has played two Group of Five schools and an FCS school. Advantage Cincy. This game is crucial for recruiting. Luke Fickle loves the recruiting trail. He's one of the best recruit. He was when he was at Ohio State. He was their their top recruiter. He's continued that trend at Cincinnati. They've done great on the recruiting trail in the American Athletic Conference. And with both of these schools recruiting the same type of players from the same area. This is a game that Cincinnati will take very, very, very seriously. And uh, Cincinnati was one of those dark horse teams in the group of five that could have competed and possibly gotten that New Year's Six Bowl uh, before the season started. And I don't think they're going to take any chances here. I like Cincinnati on the road at Marshall. Opened up at uh, three. Now the, that number's up to three and a half or four. But I think Cincinnati can win this game by a touchdown or more. Yeah, I uh, I looked at this game and it, it intrigued me. You know, these two were uh, in Conference USA back in the day together. So they had a little rivalry, you could say, for a while. Um, 
Marshall held off Ohio two weeks ago. That looked like a pretty good win. You know, the Bobcats are usually a very good MAC team, top tier MAC team. But then you see what Ohio did last week. They got absolutely crushed at home by Louisiana. Um, before that, Marshall uh, went to Boise and played a, a game that ended up being a seven-point difference. But really, when you look at statistically, Marshall got shut down in that game. They didn't have a single first down in the second half. So probably not as close as the score really indicated in terms of how good those teams were. Um, Cincinnati was an 11-win team last year from a tougher conference with 14 starters back, a very good defense, and a very good head coach that uh, is a defensive-minded head coach. Marshall was a nine-win team last year from a weaker conference, has, pl- has played a weaker schedule so far this year. Uh, Marshall's at home, but Cincinnati still remembers that beatdown they took in 17. I think that uh, the herd, th- this is a decent Marshall team, and, you know, Doc Holliday's boys are never a team you want to count out, but I, I don't see Marshall getting it done here. I don't love their quarterback play. Isaiah Green's okay. He, he has some good games here and there, but against better competition, he tends to fold up, make some mistakes. I like Cincinnati's defense, and I like the fact they have their quarterback and their top rusher back from last year. The offense is improving as well as already a, a pretty good defense. So I've got Cincinnati winning this game outright uh, easily, probably by about a touchdown or maybe a little more. There you have it, a special two-star out of power sweep. Cincinnati is the play there. Okay, everybody, uh, once again, before we end this podcast here, just want to remind you again our September NFL Game of the Month that goes this weekend, and that NFL top play again, 13-6-1, 68% our last two years. Uh, last year for our September Game of the Month in the NFL, big winner on New England over Miami, 38-7. to They were only laying 6.5. So, again, really want you to jump on board get these winners here for that NFL top play and again college star totals I can't say it enough they're 11 and 4 overall this year the top total is 3 and 1 this year and that top total play over the last three years 25 and 6 81 percent run so jump on board uh, for all of your late phone needs there with North Coast Sports here and uh, and we, we're really excited about this weekend again you can call us Toll free 1-800-654-3448, 1-800-654-3448, and we will look forward to your phone calls. And again, everybody, thank you for listening in to the North to the Power Sweep podcast presented by North Coast Sports for for uh, Chris Van Dyne. I'm Antonio Castro. We'll talk to you again next week.